0: I am doing great, Michael. It is opening day eve in the world of baseball and I cannot be more excited for this season. Looks like we've got there's been a lot of news the last two weeks, a lot of guys getting called up for, for their debuts, and I'm excited to see it all unfold tomorrow and, and this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely exciting. I mean it's a lot to cover today. Yep, yeah, for sure. Um so uh first why don't we why don't we look there were a couple extensions this past past couple weeks uh, biggest one just came out today Jose Ramirez signed an extension with Cleveland What yeah, are your I, thoughts on that
0: I just that's great for Cleveland you know they've they've had a problem with keeping their stars there and it's it's good that they're it, it's it's been an ownership uh there in Cleveland the Dolans that have been very reluctant to spend money and you know, they, they've been sort of been identified as this cheap organization that, that doesn't want to spend money and, and keep good players. And this is a step in the right direction in terms of trying to change that narrative around them and around the team. So happy for Cleveland fans. Um, happy for Jose to get his money. And, and I think it's good for baseball.
1: Yeah, it definitely is exciting. And um, I mean, it, it's... There were talks that he was going to be traded this offseason. Yeah. I mean, Cleveland was gonna was looking to sort of um, – or there was talk that they would try to rebuild, basically, try to trade him, maybe trade Shane Bieber, and just start a start fresh. Uh, but this contract comes with a no-trade clause, which means he's most likely going to stay with Cleveland. Um, I mean, unless he waives a no-trade clause, he's going to be with them for the duration of the contract. So that basically puts those rumors to bed.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's a five-year, hundred and twenty-four million dollar deal for Ramirez, and like you said, the Blue Jays were rumored to have been interested in him, which would have made their lineup just unbelievable. But I, I, overall, I, I'm very happy that that he's staying. I'm, you know, I know that he's going to be in the Tigers' division for for a long time, which doesn't make me too happy, but. I am happy for Cleveland and for Jose that they, that they got this done and we'll see. We'll see how the AL central shakes it up this year. We'll, we'll get to some predictions later on, but I'm interested to see what they do now to build around Ramirez, especially on, on the offensive side of the ball there in Cleveland.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's um, definitely, I mean, it's, you could argue it's a team friendly deal too. Um, yeah. Five years, $124 million. Um I mean, he's. You could say he's the best. He probably is the best third baseman in the sport. Either him or Rafael Devers, probably.
0: Yeah, um, I, th- I think Devers is close.
1: Yeah. Um, so I mean, I mean, they're paying him. I don't know. Um, about twenty-five million a year, which that's not. That's not unreasonable for. No. For. You could almost argue that's a little less than. What the top third baseman in the sport should get, especially yeah, with yeah. how weak third base is.
0: No, I I, I agree. I think it's a very team friendly deal, and you know it, it's now they they the Cleveland still is going to have some money to spend. So depending on how the season goes, it, it could be it could be next off season for Cleveland could be a one where they maybe try to get some more high end talent if they feel like they're you know the division's within reach and the playoffs are within reach.
1: So another extension that happened in the last couple weeks was, um, Cattell Marte signed one, um, five years, seventy six million. Do you think that was it? Was this deal surprising to you?
0: I don't think it was too surprising, but I also think it was very much a deal where don't be surprised if Cattell Marte is is going to get traded at the deadline. You know, I think this could be a. A, a deal that maybe like sweetens the pop for teams interested in him, you know, giving him that team control for the next five years is, is sort of a pot sweetener for teams. to be interested in trading for him. So I'm not surprised about the deal. I do think that Marte is going to be a prime candidate to get moved to the deadline, especially if the diamondbacks are as bad as I think they will be, which is pretty bad. So, not, not necessarily a surprising deal, but I definitely think Marte is a guy that they could get traded.
1: Yeah, I can still see them trading him, especially if they're not really going to compete in the next few years. Um, I mean, he's 28 right now. So, I mean, you figure, I mean, he's probably entering his prime um, or, or well, he's or he's in his prime now. So figure in a few years, he, I mean, he could still contribute if they're going to compete in a few years. I think the question more would be, um, what could they get for him that could um, accelerate their rebuild? Because he could still fetch a, a pretty good return at this point. Yeah, especially, th- especially if he's under control for four more years.
0: Right, and I think that's what the the idea is that like they want to stockpile up on on those young guys. Their 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 window is not going to be in Cattell Marte's prime. It's going to be when he's like you know, well into his 30s, which is not what they want. So I think, you know, you strike while the iron's hot and you try to get some of those guys that are going to be in their primes when Arizona's ready to compete. So, so some of those younger prospects. And, and Marte's a very valuable player. He can play different positions. He's a very good hitter. He's a switch hitter. So he brings a lot of, he checks a lot of boxes per se for teams that are going to be looking for, for acquisitions around that
1: deadline. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be their um, starting second baseman this year. But, I mean, it, I mean it, if a team wants to trade for him, it's possible they would look at him as an outfielder, too. I mean, he's played there before. I think he's played shortstop before as well. So, I mean, it, although I don't know how how much a team would really want to put him there, I, I, I guess he, he would probably be pretty good. I mean, I don't know how good defensively he would be, but um, probably wouldn't be terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's not, it's not, not out of the question that Arizona still looks to trade him.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, we can touch on Emmanuel Class A that extension as well. Again, the, uh, the guardian shelling out money, <laughs> yeah. uh, uncharacteristically, but you know, a has been great. And it, it seemed like James Karin, Jack really fell off after the sticky stuff, crackdown last year yeah and i i wonder if the guardians saw that and were like hey like this guy is not going to be the back end stud that class a will be let's pay class a now and wait and see if karen shack sort of regains form
1: yeah i think the only question is that i it's it's a little risky to pay to pay i mean relievers are volatile as it is yeah to pay a reliever who only has One year in the majors, um, I I think has even more risk to it. I mean, yeah, he was ridiculous this past year. Um, Had a one twenty nine ERA, o ninety six WHIP in about seventy innings. Struck out seventy four, walked sixteen. So, I mean, he was dominant. Yeah, but he wasn't. Or it's there's there's always going to be risk involved with contracts, but it just feels like there's more risk involved. There's more risk involved with playing players who don't have as much experience because you don't know you don't you don't have as much experience with knowing what you're going to get. Yeah, and it's also
0: a reliever. You know, like you said, relievers are volatile, and but but I think you know it is high reward as well because you know a lockdown closer is one of the best assets you can have in the sport. So,
1: and also it's I mean it's for five years, twenty million. So I mean that's an average of four million a year. I mean if he continues with how dominant he was last year, that that's going to be an, an incredibly team friendly deal.
0: Yeah, so I think you take the risk if you're if you're Cleveland there, and and bring him back and bring him in for that extension. So I I, I like Cleveland's moves there with Clause A Ramirez.
1: So now moving on to a couple major signings. Obviously the major one um, was Albert Pujols going back to the St Louis Cardinals. Um, this had really been sort of proposed by a lot of people even before the lockout, um, just as sort of, uh, something fun to see something that would sort of bring it full circle for Pujols. Um, Yeah,
0: it's, it's going to be great to see him back in St. Louis, you know, I think. Most baseball fans, when they think Albert Pujols, they're going to think of the St. Louis Cardinals, just because yeah. that is where he had his prime. And you know, the Angels, he was he was fine, but he wasn't as good as he was with the Cardinals. And then he was with the Dodgers, which was just like a sort of platoon bench bat. And that's what he's going to be, I think, this season is just like that platoon, like lefty lefty guy off the bench that's going to come in and hit hit off lefties most of the time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, at this point in his career, that's that's what he, he is at this point. So it's awesome. He's back in St. Louis. You know, I, I hope he comes in and does well there. And, you know, seeing him back with Yachty and Wayne Wright for one more ride.
1: Yeah. And it could be the last year for all three of them.
0: Yeah. The, it's sort of sort of the swan song in St. Louis there. So maybe they'll, maybe they'll cook up some of that St. Louis magic and, and, and make a run
1: here. Yeah. I mean, it should be. It'll be fun to see those three together again, for sure. And and, other... and,
0: and I think you know, Pujols is is going to be mentoring a lot of those younger hitters like Nolan Gorman that 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 the Cardinals have and and yeah. Mundo Sosa. Like, it's it's not having a veteran guy is you know, it's it's good for more reasons. Just like, hey, he's he's you know, this is his last year. Let's let's bring him out on top. Like, there's a real advantage having that that presence in the clubhouse. Oh and, yeah. You know, I think we can all agree that Pujols is one of the best to ever do it. And, you know, learning from an all-time great like that, you know, can't be bad, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's he's—I mean, he—from everything that's been said, he seems like one of the best leaders in the clubhouse that you can get. I mean, and not only that, I mean, it's not—he is coming back to the team, but he has experience with the team at the same time. So, I mean, he he knows how things are there. I mean, it's also Cardinals also have a new manager, so we can yeah. sort of help mentor, or not mentor, but like assist yeah, um, Ali Marmol in that too.
0: Yeah, it, it's 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 going to be a fun to end with with the fans as well because he's going to be beloved in that city forever, and oh yeah, for them to get to watch him one more time is is, is pretty cool.
1: And then the other major signing um, was uh, Tommy Pham re, uh, signing with Cincinnati on a one year deal. Um, which I found kind of surprising, just because Cincinnati sort of already had a surplus of outfielders. Um, I mean, at the time they had just traded Jesse Winker, got back Jake Fraley, who's not as good as Winker, but still a decent, um, still a decent outfielder. So they have him. They have Nick Senzel now. Fam, um, they did have Shogo Akiyama, who they then released just a couple days ago. Um, they still have Aristides Aquino, who could probably fit more as the DH. Um, and uh, who am I forgetting? I know there's someone I'm forgetting.
0: Are you forgetting? Did you say Nick
1: Senzel? Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm blanking on who they're right, right field. Tyler Naquin? Yes. That's why I, I knew I knew I was blanking on someone. There you go. Um, we got there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they still, even after getting rid of Akiyama, they still have, they have Pham, Senzel, Naquin, Rayleigh, and Akinio. So, I mean, that's still five. Um, I guess Akinio could be more of like a full-time DH, um, or at least part-time DH, which would free up at-bats for, um, or free up, sort of free up more at-bats in the outfield for the other four. But it's still... I mean after everything the Cincinnati did this offseason like I, it was it was just a little surprising to me.
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure what the Reds are doing but they they're, they're going to have an interesting team this year. Um I, you know Fam could I mean, you know, Great American is is known for being very hitter friendly, so yeah, maybe maybe Tommy Pham has like a resurgence season in him. Um but I am not sure like what the Reds were thinking with that signing just because They're not going to make the playoffs this year, I I don't think. And you know, I guess he just you know, they're another outfield platoon guy for for decently cheap. So, you know, just looking for that depth in case of injury or or otherwise, I guess is is the explanation there.
1: And then moving on to some uh, some of the major trades in the last couple weeks. Probably the the biggest one was probably the most shocking. Well. I mean, it was kind of expected that the White Sox were gonna trade Craig Kimball, just because Um they you figured he could close somewhere. Um but what made it surprising was that Garrett Crochet had just gotten hurt for the White Sox, so now I mean they now they traded Kimbrel and Crochet is hurt, so now they're down two relievers from where they were before. Um they did get a decent a good outfielder out of it, A. J. Pollock from the Dodgers. It was just a one for one. Um but and I mean, Pollock could play basically every day in either left or right field for them.
0: Oh yeah, I think he will play every day. Um, yeah, I Probably think. Probably right. My guess there. is it's going to be him and right, Luis Robert in center, and then Jimenez, Alloy there out in left. It'd be my guess. Yeah. I, obviously, I don't know and for f- anything. And then either Andrew
1: but, Vaughn or Gavin Sheets could split time at DH. Yeah.
0: Um. And and they and they'll you know they could play. Vaughn in the outfield too, or Sheets. I think
1: you know, or at first to give Jose Abreu a day off.
0: And and injuries happen. I mean, like we, especially. I mean, the White Sox were one of the most injury-plagued teams of last year. So I think having that extra bat is is good in case of an injury. Um, And and for sure, I I think you know they have you know Hendricks, so they still have their sort of back end guy. In the bullpen. And I think if, you know, Kimberl probably wants to close and now he can in, in LA. So I think it works out for both teams.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I mean, even beyond Hendricks, the White Sox still, they signed Kendall Graveman to be a top setup man who can help replace Kimberl. Um, and they signed Joe Kelly, who's not going to be ready for the start of the season, but he should be ready pretty soon after. Um, so that's another sort of high leverage arm for them. Absolutely. Um, and then another. Another trade was um, Sean Manea going from Oakland to San Diego. Um, And, I mean, this was another one where it was sort of expected that Manea would get traded just because Oakland is sort of tearing things down. Um, Were you surprised that the Padres were the ones who ended up getting him?
0: Not necessarily. I think the Padres, you know, they— they really sort of found themselves in a spot they weren't expecting to be in last year where they had a hot start and then everything just completely fell off for them. So they, I, I think especially considering like what the Dodgers did this offseason and, and the Giants getting Carlos Rodon, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And I think the, the Potters understand like they got to add guys too. I mean, they got Luke Voigt, which I think is a good pickup as well. Yeah. But especially in that NOS, like to keep pace you got to make moves. So I think it's it, it was a good move for the Padres. I'm not surprised they did it. But we'll see if that staff can sort of bounce back because I know Blake Snell had sort of a disappointing 2021 season.
1: Same with you Darvish.
0: And Mike Clevenger was injured. Yeah. So if that staff can get sort of full strength and get back clicking on all cylinders, this could be a much better year for the Padres. We'll see about the health of Tatis. And you know we'll we'll see if you know Hassan King can step up or you know Jake Cronin going to be good Machado Hosmer Will Myers I like Trent Grisham a lot too that lineup should be deep should be pretty good so you know if if everything comes together for the Padres this could be a great season but it also could be you know a repeat of last year which ended quite poorly for them
1: yeah and I think one of the I mean they I mean, even going into the All Star break this past season, where they were sort of slipping a little bit, they had a ton of pitching injuries. They needed starting pitching depth, and they didn't really do much other than signing Jake Arrieta, who, which ended up.
0: Wasn't sort of, good. Yeah. Yeah, backfired. <laughs>
1: um, so, I mean, now, now that they have Manea, they have even more starting pitching depth. Plus, they signed Nick Martinez this offseason. So now, I mean, Martinez could be in the bullpen. If, I mean, if you have a rotation of Blake Snell, you Darvish, Manea, um, Clevenger. Clevenger, and who, um, who am I blanking on?
0: Do they still have Joe Musgrove?
1: Yes. Okay. There, that's the other one. Um, so, I mean, that's still a good rotation. They still have Chris Paddock, still have Nick Martinez, still have Ryan Weathers. So, I mean, it, that definitely gives them a lot more depth going into the season in yeah, case injuries do pop up again. Absolutely. And it's kind of hard to trust. You don't know what you're going to get from Clevenger after he's coming off. I mean, he's missed a full season, so you don't know how rusty he's going to be.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. That should be—and Oakland's going to be a disaster this year. They are going to be very bad.
1: I I can see—I think probably the next guy they'll trade is— will most likely be Frankie Montes. Yeah, I agree. The only question is if they trade him— well, I guess if they trade him before tomorrow—
0: who who pot- poten- potentially Sean Murphy as well if they can yeah, find someone interested that. but yes I Montas and Murphy are the two names that come to mind in terms of who's the next guy out
1: yeah and then our final trade that was pretty newsworthy
0: Absolutely. was
1: Austin Meadows being traded to, to the Tigers how do you feel about that one being a Tigers fan
0: I could not believe the news when I first saw it I, it was like the middle of the national championship game on Monday oh, yeah. night <laughs> And I was like, "There's no way that the Tigers just traded for Austin Meadows." I like the deal quite a bit. Um, you know, Isaac Paredes, who who they gave up in the deal.
1: I mean, he's decent, but Detroit he, has a bunch of infielders.
0: Yeah, and 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 you know, he was a guy that I think the Tigers were pretty high on, and then he sort of struggled in AAA, struggled a little bit in the big leagues when he did get called up for a stint. I know that, that you know the the cliche is don't trade with the Rays because they'll they'll fleece you. But I like this trade a lot. I think that with this, with the injury of Riley Green, you've got an everyday player in Austin Meadows who is very good, a good lefty bat, and can play in the outfield. I think you're probably going to get an outfield of Grossman, Meadows, Bedoo on opening day for Detroit. Yeah, and I like that a lot. I think that you know. Meadows can be uh, a really solid player and, and give that extra outfield depth. Riley Green is injured. He he yeah. broke his foot and will probably miss the first two months of the year. Yeah. And and the Tigers, I think...
1: I mean, that's a big loss for the
0: Tigers. And, and so. what ruined them last year was just the beginning. The, the, they just yeah. got off to a terrible start. And, you know, after like the month of April-May... You know, once once the calendar hit June, they pretty much played 500 baseball and maybe a little bit better than that. So, it it's it's a situation where you want to avoid that bad start again because that'll kill the morale of the team, and you can't you can. It's a hole that's hard to dig out of. So, I think that Meadows provides that plug and play outfielder that can hit in the middle of the lineup and, and and
1: be really solid. And not only that, I mean he's a. Meadows is only making four million dollars this year. Not only, I mean, that's still a lot of money, but yeah. I mean, as compared to, as as far as salaries in baseball, that's not, that's pretty good for someone of his caliber.
0: Yeah, I I, I like the move. I, I think, I think the Tigers did did well there.
1: So we're gonna head to a quick break. But when we return, we'll have more baseball to discuss. We'll talk about some more injuries, um, and then coming up later is. Um, our playoff and division predictions, and award predictions. So stick around. You're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. This is the On Deck Circle. We'll be back.
0: Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I'm Michael Imami. I'm Logan Franz. And I'm Patrick Herring. Join us each Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. on Mid-Missouri's hottest sports show, The Hot Corner, where we discuss all the latest sports stories in football, baseball, hockey, and more. He then proceeded to bring his dogs back to his cabin, where he then proceeded to pull out of the race. Not because of the health of his dogs just because they just didn't want to do anything. Listen to us each and every Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM. You're really trying to be right. I'm just trying to throw numbers at the wall and hope they stick. You're seeing the guy who picked the loser score right two weeks in the wall.
1: Two, yeah. <laughs> Where are they going to find an elephant, Patrick? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think they're just elephants roaming around Florida hey, what on a wouldn't. It, it, basis. What is surprising if they're all elephants in Florida? I mean, I've been to Florida. It doesn't seem like a great place for
0: elephants. All across the nation, we are here for our communities. We're doing our part to get supplies where it's needed in
1: order to fight COVID-19 together. It feels good to be out there to assist our community.
0: I would like our friends and family to know that your National Guardsmen are always ready and always there. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard, aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station.
1: Welcome back to the On Deck Circle here on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Michael Levitt with Sam Fry. Sam, it is opening day tomorrow. Got a lot to cover. Um, let's cover some of the major injuries around around baseball that could put that could impact opening day. We already talked about Riley Green a little bit. Um, how do you think that's gonna impact um how do you think that's gonna impact the Tigers' chances of making the playoffs?
0: Well, before the Austin Meadows trip, I would have said very negatively, but now that they have Meadows, I think you know it's still probably not a playoff team. It probably was never going to be a playoff team. I, I still think that they have a chance to at least play meaningful games after the All Star break. And you know, if they're in that, you know, three, four, five, six games back of that last wild card spot in the last couple months, I think that's a win for sure. Um, I, I worry more about Green than the Tigers themselves. Yeah, because I, I, I really worry that he's, you know, I worry about this with his development, hoping I, mean, I hope it, you know, doesn't hem him back as a development at all. I hope he just comes back and, and, and you know, comes out fire.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, and he'll probably start in. he's not going to when he comes back, he's not going to go straight to the majors. He'll probably re- start. Uh, he'll, he'll I mean, he'll do. He'll, minors, yeah, yeah, he'll
0: do. He'll do a rehab assignment for sure. Hopefully get his feet back in, you know, under him and and be good once he comes up. You know, I think they're not going to rush him now, especially with the Meadows trade. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to make sure he's fully healthy before he before he comes up.
1: Assuming there are there don't have like injuries don't create him a massive hole in their But life. I, I I still I, even even yeah. if that happens, they they're, it's, I think they it's he's still he's, he's, should, yeah. he's,
0: a, he's a star prospect. They're oh, not yeah. going to they're not going to do anything crazy, I don't think. I yeah. Even if they not. do have a lot of it because they still have like guys like Victor Reyes, you know, that can play in the outfield if 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 need be, um, so you know, I, I think it has to be. You know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be anything like that. But I still think the Tigers are going to be decent this year. Um, I, and I hope Green comes back and matches when he gets when he gets healthy.
1: I think the major question for them is more if their pitching can take the next step.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think the pitching staff is. It's a very young staff. I, yeah. I like you know the e, the Erod signing is going to.
1: I think that's yeah. Take I, I
0: think yeah. some pressure off of Casey Mize. You know he's not going to be that opening day guy. Is yeah. totally like I think E-Rod's going to be the opening day guy. Right. So now you've got you know all you got your Mize needs to be just a two guy. Right. And and Scooball a three Manning a four and then you got Michael Pineda at the five spot.
1: And I think Erod and or yeah Eduardo Rodriguez and Pineda I think can also help provide some of that leadership and sort of mentor those young pitchers, help them take the next step.
0: Yeah, and and there's just the stability of it. I think, yeah. you know, at this point in his career, Erod and Pena are what they are. Right. You know, it's not going to be some, you know, you're not, with, with, with guys like Mize and Scooball and Man. you don't really know what you're going to get because they're so young. But Erod at least brings that consistency and, you know, that, that that's going to be good for this young Tigers team.
1: So now, probably, arguably the biggest injury in—I mean, not the green isn't big, but so one is oh, yeah. even it's, bigger. This is this is bigger. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, it definitely is. Um, Jacob DeGrom, who's when he's healthy, is the best pitcher in the sport at yes. this point. Um, is now is going to miss a quote significant amount of time, according to Jeff Passan. Um, after he an mri found that he has a stress re- reaction in his in his shoulder or s- scapula's shoulder not elbow i believe right yeah yes, yeah yes. it is shoulder yeah um sorry i don't know why i was blanking on that <laughs> but um yeah i mean so that's especially for a pitcher and one of DeGrom's caliber do you think do you think he comes back as the same pitcher, or do you, or do you think it's going to take him a little? I mean, or if he's going to be different in any way?
0: I mean, I I think that you know he's he's when he first comes back, you know, he he might those first couple of starts, he's going to be on a sh- some probably a shortened pitch count, right? But no, I don't think he's going to be. I think he's going to come back and and be great. Like I don't think he's going to come back and and you know, have a five ERA. Like, I think he's going to have like a sub two ERA when he gets back just because he's, he's a beast. I, I don't, the injury last year, he came back and and, sh- and shoved before he got injured again. So I, I think that he's capable of coming back from injury and, and the Mets aren't going to rush him. They, they, they aren't going to rush him back they never do. So uh, I, I think that I, I'm not worried about what he does when he comes back. I'm worried about how long he's going to be out. If I'm, if I'm a Mets fan.
1: Okay. Yeah. And I I mean, I think it's it puts even more pressure on Max Scherzer now though. It's sort of being that number one starter. I mean, every the whole offseason people were talking about how him and DeGrom were gonna pair pair together and create like one of the best um duos in the rotation in baseball, arguably. Um and now with the hurt, there's even more pressure on Scherzer.
0: I mean I'm not I don't know if I buy that. I mean, I think Scherzer's been an ace his whole life. You know, he's he's used to this kind of this kind of thing. He's he's been a number one guy wherever he's gone. It, he's going to do his thing no matter who's who's around him and, and who else is on the pitching staff. Uh, he's he's a veteran. He's he's been around the block and and knows what he's doing. He's he's going to have that intensity, that fire every time he steps on the mound. I, I think that I think it's it's less about Scherzer and more about. Who else besides Scherzer is going to step up? Is it going to be like a Tyler McGill or a David Peterson or someone like that? Yeah. Or and even Carlos Carrasco an injured. Like, that's who is, is going to have to step up. Because Scherzer is going to deal and, and, and pitch great no matter what is happening and who else is around him. It's, it's those it's those depth guys that have to be responsible for, for carrying the weight.
1: I mean, Chris Bassett now seems like an even better pickup for them, though. Definitely. I mean, just because that adds more depth. Yeah. Um,
0: and, 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 you know, DeGrom, let's face it. I mean, he's got an injury history. So yeah. I think with the, with the Mets, we're probably thinking like, Hey, we got to get this rotation as deep as possible in case something like this happens. So, so credit to them for sure.
1: Now, another major injury and another guy who's going to be out probably around this, around the same amount of time, miss month and a half, two months is Lance Lynn, um, got hurt. Uh, I believe hurt his knee. Um how do you think this affects the White Sox?
0: Yeah, I, I think it, it it thins out that pitching, you know, the lineup is what it is for the White Sox. It's 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 going to mash. They've got yeah. Jimenez, Robert, Anderson, Moncada, Abreu. Abre- I mean, Grandal. Yeah. just it's it's a who's who of of just great bats. I think you you look to guys like Dylan Cease who has he shown potentially shown that he can be you know have electric stuff and and strike out the world but he also is inconsistent and he's and he's also had those blow-up outings where he's given up you know five six runs he's gonna be more consistent if this pitching staff is going to survive without Lance Lynn you know Dallas Keuchel you know he's he's getting up there in age he isn't what he used to be so I think Cease is a guy who really has to and you know, we'll see about Michael Kopeck as well. Another guy who has had a, a ton of potential, but but not like Cease where he's he's just it's just been injury with him. It hasn't been the inconsistency so much, as more of it's just been injury. So if he can stay healthy and, and pitch well along with Cease, I think the White Sox can weather the storm.
1: Yeah, I mean It does create a bit of an opening in their fifth starter spot. I mean, for now, it'll probably be Vince Velasquez. They did just sign Johnny Cueto to a minor league deal as well. Um, But, I mean, so, I mean, that's not great out of the fifth starter spot. But, I mean, if they can get by with that, I think they can be really— I mean, they can even be just as good as they were planning to be this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sticking with pitching injuries, since those seem to be the majority of what's going on now— um, as far as injuries, um, Luis Castillo um, not expected to be ready for opening day. So, do you do you think Cincinnati looks to sort of trade him if he can rebuild his um, trade value?
0: Yeah, if 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 he can if he can come back and, and put a couple good starts together before that trade deadline, I definitely think he's a big candidate to get traded. We see starting pitchers traded at the deadline every year. That's, a, that's yeah. one of the biggest needs for teams. You know, if if a team like the White Sox is, you know, ceasing and Kopeck are struggling, they, deal, they keep dealing with injuries, a team like the Yankees comes to mind. Yeah. Because Luis Severino is a guy who, I mean, let's face it, has electric stuff, but let's face it, he gets injured a lot and didn't pitch. I don't think he pitched at all in the majors last year. I think he was injured I don't all year. He did, yeah. So, and he was injured in, in spring. He, they had to take him out. So, I think with the Yankees, that could be, you know, if Severino goes down or, or someone else goes down, their, their staff is good, but it's not deep. So, I right. think that they could be a team that could be interested, especially because they're going to be in a division where it's going to be very competitive. So, again, Yes, to answer your question, I think Luis Castillo could be a, a, a trade deadline a trade deadline target of a lot of teams.
1: And one more pitching injury that's noteworthy to talk about is Lance McCullers. Um, he's another one who's not going to be ready for opening day, could be back pretty soon after. Um, but he, I mean, he's also coming off an injury, um, didn't pitch at all this past year. Um, wh- what do you think? His chances are of of being sort of one of those one of the anchors of Houston's rotation. This well,
0: year. I mean, I think I think with Verlander coming back, um, you know, McCullers is going to have to be that number two. I mean, it's going to be you know, it's it's interesting because Houston's rotation it, it's going to look somewhat different just because of the Verlander new or the Verlander return, I guess should be. Um, More like it, but, you know, McCullers still needs to be that, that number two. And if, and if he's not healthy, you know, that's, that's not going to be obviously good, but I think he's, his role is, is that, is that number two spot and, you know, the starting pitching for the Astros, we'll, we'll see about Christian Javier you know, Luis Garcia showed some really good stuff. Yeah. I think um, they're
1: looking to use Javier out of the bullpen, at least. Yeah, at he might. He might.
0: Yeah, he might. Yeah, but but if you know if I think he might have to, you know, they they still have Framber Valdez who's pitched well.
1: Still have Jake Odorizzi and
0: Odorizzi, and you know, Luis Garcia showed some great stuff in the postseason last last year, especially against the Red Sox. Yeah. So. You know, they still have Jose Urquidy, who you yeah. know. He he is what he is. I mean, he's not—he's sort of a, you know, back-end starter. But, yeah, I think without McCullers, you have sort of a Verlander, Valdez, Garcia, Odorizzi, Urquidy rotation. Yeah. But, but I think McCullers, when healthy, does slide right into that number two spot behind JV.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that would definitely—not only would it give them more depth— I mean, once he comes back, it also improves the quality of the rotation. Definitely, yeah, McC- for sure. When McCullers is healthy, he's—I mean, he's for sure. He could be an ace on a lot of teams. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, even having him in that number two spot and Valdez in the number three spot um, isn't—I re- mean, it, that that helps a lot with Houston's rotation.
0: Definitely. I yeah, for sure.
1: Um. And then one last injury to, to talk about is um, Evan Longoria, who another one who's probably going to miss at least a couple months. Um, it, it opens up more playing time for Wilmer Flores at third base for San Francisco, which, who typically ends more of that utility role. Um, do you think that hurts San Francisco as, in a major way, especially playing in that division?
0: I mean, I think it's hard to say because, you know, the Giants are a tough team to read because last season was just so much... They just outperformed expectations so much, like it's hard for you to even predict them. Longoria could have come... You know, he could have another, you know, resurgence year, but he also could, you know, regress to the mean a little bit and, and not be as good, and maybe Flores is even, even a better option. So I think it's hard to say if... Obviously, you never want a guy to get injured, but I think it's hard to say how much this really hurts the Giants.
1: So we're going to take another quick break, but when we return, we'll come. We'll we'll give our predictions for um, division standings and who we think will make the playoffs, as well as who will win the major awards. Stick around for more on Deck Circle here on KCOU eighty eight point one FM. Superman, man, am I glad to see you.
0: What are you doing on this deserted road?
1: Some guys from school drove out here and we're going to
0: start fooling around with drugs. When I told them all drugs do is mess up your head and get you in a lot of trouble, they kicked me out of the van and drove off.
1: You're right not to get involved in the drug scene. Nobody with any sense wants any part of it. How do I get home? That's no problem at all. Everyone has their favorite bench player. Well, yours can be too. Starting Left Bench is a sports variety talk show with your two new favorite bench warmers. Join Justin Baer and Peyton Heverman as they discuss almost anything and everything in the sports world and some things outside of it. Join us on the bench Mondays at 3 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM to hear some goofiness and talk that you would hear from your favorite bench warmers. Starting left bench for those not good enough to go pro. We're excited for you to join us on the bench and we'll see you there.
0: fire threatens everything in its path when it threatens our nation and our communities we respond we bring the fight to the front line the army national guard stands ready to face the dangers of mother nature and protect our homes and our neighbors we will always be there when your community needs us the most discover more about all the ways you can serve part-time in your community by visiting nationalguard.com
1: sponsored by the missouri army national guard aired by the missouri broadcasters association at this station Welcome back to the On Deck Circle here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Opening day is tomorrow. It's an exciting day, Sam. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. It's Yeah, it's g- always good to talk baseball, but even more so when it, you know it's going to start in the next day.
0: Oh, yeah. So excited about it and ready to make some predictions. So should we start AL or NL? What do you think?
1: Why don't we start with AL?
0: All right. Um, I guess start with the AL East, and I will start because I think I think my AL East standings are going are gonna to take you by surprise. Okay, so I'm excited. In fifth place, I have the Baltimore Orioles. Okay, no, nothing else needs to be said. I think the Orioles are not going to be very good. In fourth place, I have the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow, I think the Rays are due to fall off. I know I I should not be saying this because they're going to f- win 112 games and and prove me wrong, but. I don't. I don't like the Rays this year. I think they're gonna they're gonna regress. In third, I have the Red Sox. I like. I have questions about their pitching staff, but I love that top six in the order. They yeah. can they can definitely get their way to third place. Second place, I have the Blue Jays. I think they're gonna be very good. That lineup and pitching staff is tremendous. And in first place, I think the Yankees are gonna have a huge bounce back here. They had a ton of guys that were playing much worse than expected last year. I think that rotation is going to bounce back in a big way. I think the hitting staff is going to also really bounce back. I like a big year from Stanton and Judge, as always. But I think guys like Labor Torres and even Higashioku had a monster spring. I love the the addition of Josh Donaldson and Kainer Flefa in that order. Joey Gallo is going to rake this year, I think, at Yankee Stadium. I like the Yankees to finish first.
1: See, mine's a little different from yours. Um, I also have Baltimore finishing in fifth. I think, I mean, that's sort of... The only weak team in that division, I feel like, um, they're just, they're, they're still in that rebuilding phase. And in that division, it's, it's going to be tough to compete even when they do have the pieces. Um, I mean, if the other teams stay as good as they are now, um, in fourth place, I have the Red Sox. Okay. I just, they're, they're pitching. I'm, I, I don't think is as good as the other, the three teams above them, um, I mean, it, Chris Sale's injury hurts them a bit because that basically puts, not that Nathan Eovaldi's bad, but it puts him in sort of that A spot where he's probably better as a number 2 or 3 starter. Um, then in third place, I have the Rays. Um, I, I still think they're going to do really well. I just think they're, in that division, it's even doing really well puts you in second or third place. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I... And then I have the Yankees in second. Um, with I mean I I think they are going to bounce back. I ju- I just I think Toronto is going to be like far and away the best team in that division. Not well, not necessarily far and away. Just with with all the talent they have, it's going to be it's it's going to be hard for them not to do good.
0: I agree. No. So so we oh we have the Yankees and Jays switch and the Red Sox and Rays switch. Yes. So go ahead for the NL AL Central.
1: Um. So I have the Royals in fifth place. Um, I, I think I think they could be good. I just think they're still they're sort of in that in between between they're sort of between competing and rebuilding. They have some young guys. They have some good pieces. It's just they're they're sort of stuck in between. And the pitching staff's not great for them either. No. Um, I mean, Greinke's not bad, but I mean behind him, there's not much. Um, Then in fourth place, I have the Guardians. I think they're sort of in that same spot where they have, I mean, they have Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber, like we talked about earlier, but the rest of their team just isn't on that same level. Cleveland, I mean, they they don't necessarily have many outfielders, which I think is going to hurt. And they're pitching beyond, I mean, Bieber's coming off an injury, so that's a little risky, plus um, the rest of that rotation's not, it's good, but it's not at the caliber of like the top of the division, um, then third place. I have the Tigers. Um, I think they they could really. I think I could really see them competing for second place. Um, um, I, yeah, I I I think they're going to be a lot better this year. I just don't know. I mean, Minnesota improved. White Sox improved. Cleveland improved a bit. Um, it's just. I, I don't know if they really have what it takes to be first, or even I mean t- to win that division at this point, um, especially with the White Sox as good as they are, and then Twins in second. Although I think that's going to be a good race between the Twins and Tigers. Yeah. Um, twins pitching's a little iffy, but I would still, based on that lineup, I would probably still give them the edge over the Tigers. Uh, because they, I think they have more experience and if everyone can stay healthy, I think that could do really good. And then the White Sox in first with, I mean, with that lineup and that pitching, if Lance Ling comes back strong, um, I, I, I think they could really, really be a contender this year.
0: Yep. I have the exact same as you do in the AL Central Royals. I don't think are there yet. Guardians have no offense at all besides Jose Ramirez and Fran Mil Reyes. Yeah. The Tigers, I think, have a solid lineup and, and if that pitching takes another step forward, they could definitely con- compete for second. But I think the Twins are better right now. That lineup with Correa, Buxton, if they stay healthy, they're gonna be very dangerous. And then the White Sox have the best the best roster on the in the division. So I'm yeah. picking them to win it. Um the AL West, I will start. The fifth place team I have is the A's. I think the A's are going to be very bad. They sold off everybody they had that was worth anything, except for Murphy and and uh, Montas. But even, they can't carry the team, so I'll have the A's in fifth. In fourth, I have the Rangers. I still don't think they're going to be amazing, but the Seager and Simeon signings is, and the Mitch Garver addition, I think, is big for them. I think that's going to be a much better lineup with Adolis Garcia as well, coming off a big rookie season. So I like the Rangers to finish fourth. I still think the pitching staff is very iffy at best. Yeah. And they're a fourth place team in my eyes. Third, I have the Angels. I like the Angels, but I still think their pitching is is sort of questionable. And Trout and Otani, if they don't stay healthy, it could be even worse for them. But I think the Angels are third for now. Second, I have the Mariners. They got a lot better. They added Winker and Suarez and Robbie Ray, which I like a lot. And then in first place, I have the Astros. I still think the Astros are, are very good without Correa, and they've proven they can win the division, and, and they've got the pedigree as well with Verlander coming back, so i like the Astros to win it.
1: I, w- I think I only had one change different from yours. I, I also had Oakland in fifth. I mean, just with, the, with that teardown of their roster, I think that's really... Um, they're not even going to try to compete this year, I think. Um, so that they're, they're, um, I think they're definitely going to be in fifth um fourth I also have Texas um I think I mean even with all those signings their pitching still needs a lot of work um I mean when Dane Dunning's your number two starter
0: yeah I mean big.
1: yeah he he's better as like a back of the rotation guy at this yeah. point so I mean they, they yeah they, they could still use a lot of work um third place I have Seattle I okay. think thir- I think third and second is going to be a pretty good race I don't that this was sort of a toss-up for me but I'm I'm giving the slight edge to the Angels in second um, over Seattle. I just think, um, I mean, if the Angels, I mean, if Rendon stays healthy and then Trout and Otani keep doing what they're doing, I think they're going to be pretty hard to beat. Plus, if if Noah Syndergaard comes back and is, I mean, even close to as good as he was before, I think they're going to be they're going to be pretty scary. With then Houston in first, I mean, like you said, they're. They have the they have the experience in the playoffs. They know what it takes to get there, and it's pretty much the same roster from last year, aside from Correa leaving and getting back um, Verlander.
0: Yep. All right. Should we go to the NL?
1: Yeah. So NL East. Um, I guess I'll start. Go so, ahead. Um, I have Washington in fifth place. Um, I think they. I think they're. Um, their rotation is in It's it's just not. I mean, if Strasburg comes back and is good, I think they could be good. I just without him, Patrick Corbin's the number one guy, and as I mean, and he was not good last year. So I mean, they're they're they they could use a lot of work, and their lineups decent. It's um it's just more a lot more veteran guys as opposed to um guys who could sort of have more potential to reach. Um, then in fourth place, I have the Marlins. Um, I think, I think, I think they're, they could be better than most people think they could um, just because they're, they have all those young guys. I mean, if Jazz Chisholm takes a step forward, I mean, if um, they added Jorge Soler and Avisel Garcia to the outfield to give them some more depth um, and sort of give them more proven outfielders. Um, and, and and that pitching staff's really good too. They have a, they have a lot of depth there. Um, then third place, I have the Phillies. Um, I think, I think they're going to be, I think they could compete for a playoff spot just with their pitching. I'm a little concerned about Zach Wheeler since it is a shoulder injury. I don't know how he's going to be when he comes back. Um, and then also... That bull, their bullpen always gives them problems. So for sure, um, yeah, I'm not not a little worried about that. Second place, I have the Mets. Um, I think they could be. I think they could be really good um, if Lindor bounces back. um, If uh, Jeff McNeil bounces back, I mean there are a lot of guys who need to bounce back. Obviously, getting Degrom back healthy would help a lot. But um, I mean, getting Scherzer is huge, especially with Degrom not healthy. So, I mean, I, th- I think they could still compete. And then Atlanta I have in first. Um, the defending champions, you kind of can't go against them at this point. Um, they're, I mean, they, they don't have Freeman anymore, but they add in Matt Olsen, who at this point is pretty close to the same as Freeman. Um, and the rest of the lineup is mostly the same. I mean, they, they don't have Soler anymore, lost him to the Marlins, but they still have a lot of depth in the outfield.
0: Yeah, definitely. I Mine is very close. So fifth place, I have the Nationals. Like you said, I don't think they're going to be very good. Um, they just sold off a lot, and the pitching's terrible. Fourth place, the Marlins, still a very young team that needs to grow more before they can rise up in the standings. But I like them for fourth. Third, I have the Phillies as well. I think they their bullpen and defense is not good. Not good enough to get in the top, three of that, top two of that division. Second place, I do have the Braves. I think they're going to have some World Series hangover, and and losing Acuna for a chunk of time will be big, a big factor in why they're not going to— And I think the bullpen is going to have some negative regression as well. Wow! In first place, I have the Mets. I think that they're going to have a lot of positive regression to the mean, especially in their batting order. I like their pitching staff quite a bit with Bassett, Scherzer, in the ground when he gets healthy. And I think the Mets are going to win the NL East. The NL Central. In fifth place, I have the Pirates. The Pirates are not going to be good. I don't want to waste time on them. <laughs> In fourth place, I have the Reds. The Reds sold off a lot of guys, and, and they, I think I like the lineup a little bit. But I, eh, they're just eh. third place. I have the Cubs. The Cubs are young. They're getting better. I like the acquisition of Seiya Suzuki quite a bit, and I think that they will be. A pretty a, a solid third place team. Second place, I have the Brewers. I think the Brewers have great pitching, but their offense is so weak. I don't. I don't think they're going to win the division. I love this Cardinals team. They have they play great defense. I think they're going to get better than expected starting pitching, and I think that their lineup is going to mash. I love Tyler O'Neill. I love Paul Goldschmidt. I love Nolan Arenado. I think Nolan Gorman's going to make an impact. I like the Cardinals to win the division with the re- retirement tour farewell tour of, of Melina Wainwright and Pujols.
1: Yeah, mine was pretty similar. I also have the Pirates in last, Reds in fourth. Um, third, I have the Cubs. Um, second, I have the Cardinals. I just think the Brewers pitching staff, they were really good this last year, and I think there probably will be some regression there, but I still think they're going to be really good. Um, so I have them in first. And then why don't we quickly go through the NL West, since we don't have much time here. Um, and then I guess next week we'll go through our award predictions that we had. Um, So the NL West in fifth place, I have, uh, Arizona, um, Colorado in fourth, not much better than Arizona. Um, in third place, I have the giants. I think the top three are going to be a lot better than the bottom two. So giants, I still think are going to be pretty good. Um, fourth, I have the, or sorry, second, I have the Padres. Um, and then in first the Dodgers.
0: I have the exact same as you. I have D-backs fifth, Rockies fourth, Giants third, Padres second, Dodgers third. I'll run through playoff teams real quick. Uh, in the AL, Yankees, White Sox, Astros, and the division winners. The card teams, I have the Blue Jays, Mariners, and Red Sox. In the NL, the division winners, I have the Dodgers, Mets, Cardinals, Wild card teams, Brewers, Padres, Braves. And I've got the Dodgers over the Yankees for the World Series.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have, as far as um, division winners in the AL, I have Toronto, Houston, and the and the White Sox with then wild cards being the Yankees, Rays, and Red Sox. So all three from the ALS. Um, I think Seattle could, or the Angels could push for one of those, Yeah. Um, or even Minnesota. I just think uh, those other three teams are better. Then the NL um, division winners, I have Atlanta, Milwaukee, and the Dodgers, and then wild card teams being um, the Mets, uh, Padres, and Giants. And
0: and we can wait for awards or just run through them quick, whatever you're called.
1: Um, we, we are running out of time, so we're, we'll we we'll probably wrap it up for this week. All
0: right, sounds good. We can um, do
1: awards next week then. This has been the On Deck Circle um, with Michael Levitt and Sam Fry here on KCOU 88.1 FM. We'll be back next week to talk more baseball. Opening day will have started. We'll have yep. a lot more to cover. Enjoy Award opening weekend. Um it, it'll be a it'll be a fun week.
0: I'm excited. Enjoy oh, yeah. opening weekend. Opening day is amazing. The best opening day of any professional sport is MLB's opening day. So it's almost here.
1: It's less than 24 hours away. We'll be back next week. See you next time.
0: To be thinking how to deal with life's stresses and.